the OTB Podcast Network. OTB AM. This is OTB Sports Radio. Rugby on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. Team of us. Everyone in. Right, you're very welcome along to this week's episode of Keith Wood's State of the Union. Our guests this week are Stephen Rooney and Johnny Murphy. Um, we're here to talk essentially about the state of the club and amateur and schools game and how that interacts with the professional game. So we're well covered in that regard. Um, Keith, I think everybody's going to be familiar with, uh, with Johnny's playing career. His coaching career has begun to take off in the last number of years. But Stephen, maybe you might talk to us a little bit about what your role is with um, regards to club rugby in Ireland and, and how you got involved. Uh, yeah, so, well, I, I was a, a player at Lansdowne and then after retiring, had nothing to, better to do. So I went off and, and became director of rugby in, in Lansdowne. So I've been doing that for over 10 years at this stage. Um, and I suppose just of recently, myself and a few other guys representing sort of Leinster clubs have been... Uh, in talks with the IRFU together with our Munster counterparts and our Ulster and, and Connacht counterparts, just discussing the All-Ireland League and discussing, you know, how, how it can evolve and maybe, you know, change for the better. Well, he underplays himself a little bit there, uh, Ger. He was a particularly uncomfortable guy to play against, I would have said, back in the day a long time ago. But um, uh, but also part of, of, of what this conversation was is that when the game went professional 25 years ago, the clubs pretty much got left behind, you know, and uh, it was very interesting. We spoke last week with, with Philip Brown and he gave a great insight into, into the security or lack therein of the game. And, um, but one of the big fallouts from the game going professional was that the IRFU took, which I still believe is the right decision to go with the provinces because they're the only ones with the... The, the critical mass to be able to make it into a professional game. Um, and yet I would still have and come from the old uh, idea where schools and club are essential for your improvement and your chance to become a rugby player. And um, we're still young in a professional sport, but 25 years of the clubs being kind of pushed a little bit out of the way all the time. Um, and I know that, that, uh, that Stevens is is at the forefront to try and and make certain that the club game is brought back up to a level of where it is properly substantial and the proper um, stepping stone for for players that may not get in the academy system, but may kind of be a couple of years later may get into be playing at a higher level again. But also for the fact that the ethos of the game is built with the schools and with the clubs. So um, that's the nature of this conversation too. Stephen, if I was to ask, what do you want? What's the answer to that? Like in, in an ideal world, what's the outcome for you as a, as a representative of the clubs here in this conversation? Um, I, look, I, I, you know, I, I think really the clubs are possibly just looking for you know, a little more respect, more so than, than anything in, in that. All-Ireland League Rugby at the minute, the, the Division One level is, is a very good product. It, it's, it's, it's actually some, some, some re- a really good standard of play. Um, you've got a lot of uh, young aspiring professionals in, in the league and that. And you, know, you, you, go, but you, you go from week to week and this is where sometimes the integrity of the league gets called into question because you're sort of at the mercy of the professional outfits as to who, who might get released to you from week to week. And that, and you know, and, and they have their own agendas to follow, and everyone accepts that. But you, know, I, I think, from a from a sponsorship point of view, from a club point of view, having a team which is loaded with four or five pros one week, and then the, the, the same club goes out and plays another team in the following week, you know, that doesn't doesn't really do the reputation of the league and any, any good. So you know, I, I think the league is there. The league has evolved, um, but in itself, it, it's a very like it's a very entertaining product. The, the problem with Irish rugby is, you know, there's only so many rugby games that a rugby fan can watch in one weekend type of thing. And you know, they they'll watch their their Pro 14 or their Heineken Champions Cup or or whatever it may be. And you know, sometimes the the club game gets forgotten about that. So you know, the club needs to make the club game needs to make itself a bit more relevant. It needs to work harder, I think, to to sort of get you know more. 
more viewers, more 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 people coming in the gates of the club, you know, helping that because it it is an important part of Irish rugby. And you know, if, if club rugby were to fall away, I think it would be very detrimental to all levels of of rugby in the country. And and so it just needs a bit more love, if, if you like. Stephen, there's there's an issue here, and one of them it's almost a philosophical question as to whether we want the game to just be a professional game and. Look, I, I was fortunate to, to play in the amateur time and play in the professional time, but also that the, the, the nature of, of rugby, it isn't and shouldn't be about 150 professional players in, in Ireland. It needs to be about what it gives you as a child in school, what it gives you as a sense of community, a sense of camaraderie. So we have a lot of, a lot of kids playing, a lot of kids stopping playing at 18 or 19, partly because there isn't a, maybe a pathway don't have to be a pathway to play an international or a professional. You don't need to be a professional. But we played the game because we absolutely bloody loved it. You know, there was something fantastic about the game to play. And and it was very exciting for us. And we have friends and we'll have friends for life because of it, both from school. Uh, we had a, a 30 years reunion of my school team. Um, and we met up just before Christmas. And it was it was just it was fantastic. And I remember them from school. But they're not the memories you have. The memories you have are actually playing rugby and going on the trips with them and, and getting to know them and getting to understand what team and self-belief and discipline and, and all those attributes that you get from rugby are. Um, but if, if the game below professional um, gets sidetracked completely, I think we miss a huge trick in what makes the game great. So we accept the game has to be professional, but there's an awful lot more than just professional rugby. Yeah, I, I just 100% agree with you. You know that there's, you know, as I say, the friendships, like clubs, clubs form rugby clubs form a big part of their communities. You know, the the, the club network that is there is is hugely important. Guys, you know, like getting on with life or just supporting guys in in, in hard times and that. That's all, you know, hugely important. You know, before you know, everyone plays plays rugby. Like what I what I hate to see is that rug, rugby sort of club rugby become you know, gets more and more insignificant and ultimately fades away. And then we have some sort of American football type scenario where nobody plays rugby after school other than the professionals and that. And, you know, that, that would be, you know, as I say, I think that would be hugely detrimental to, to, to what, what's going on. I, I like at the minute, you, you have some very good academy systems in Ireland. Leinster probably has, you know, like is the shining light. But there are a lot of players... Like that have come through club rugby, that you know have come through a difficult route where they didn't, for whatever reason or not, they don't get picked up by the Leinster Academy, and that they, they, you know they have a different route, and club rugby can provide that route. And you know I think if you listen to the guys like uh, Noel McNamara from the Leinster Academy, and he speaks very highly of the value of club rugby in terms of preparing his under twenty squad, and 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 you know giving them sort of hardening these guys up and and giving them the experience at a higher, faster level that you know, they haven't had previous to that. And I think that's, that, that's really important in the sense that of, I know from experience in the school game that there are already a certain amount that don't go forward and play. And under 20s uh, is a fantastic brand of rugby and um, is really, really enjoyable because you're going into, you're out in the, in the wider world for your first time and there's a freedom associated to that and it can be really, really enjoyable. But I think the main fall off for guys is because some of them might already know that, well, look, I'm probably not going to be professional, but they don't feel that there's probably an attractive enough level for them to play at because of how kind of teenagers and young adults are, they, they don't see the club game as an attractive level or essentially an attractive product to play in because there's not a huge amount of publicity attached to it. And for kids that are, are, are in their senior cup, you know, in their senior cup squad panel of 28, 30, however each school do it, they're a part of this, um, to you know some two three month journey that they're in the papers they're you know it's been spoken about on social media but they know that well this is it because this is going to be you know the the peak where if the club game was 
a really attractive product and it was seen more and it was out there more, I think they'd have more people continue to play because they're, oh, well, okay, well, that's fine. I might not be a pro, but look, geez, I can play this fantastic level and I can play week in, week out against, I can pit myself against the guys who are going to be professional because they're playing in it when they're not picked for their provinces. I think that's, that's something that there's a trick being missed there because ultimately we're losing people playing rugby and whatever level you play. And I say this to all my six years when they leave, I'd, I'd love to look back in 10 years time and everyone in this room still be playing whatever level. It doesn't matter because rugby gives you values, but it also gives you opportunities at every level. Whether you play for in Lansdowne, the Killer Seas or whatever, you know, that those teams that might be the fifths or sixths in the club, but you're having a beer on a Friday night and you're looking for a job after college at 24, 25, someone might give you a job. It creates opportunities, not just in rugby, but outside of rugby. And I think that's, that's really, really important. And it's to keep giving them that opportunity that it's, it is an attractive, ultimately it's an attractive product for them to keep playing. Um, I know it's a different time and it was a different time, uh, but Gary Owen were the route for me to play for Ireland. So I, I played for Ireland before I played a competitive match for Monster. And it was on the back of performances that we had in the All-Ireland League because it was, you know, pretty much at its height or, or um, a lot of the 90s was the height of the AIL. Um, but the reason I loved club rugby, was I was a front row forward. So that idea of learning your craft, of what to do, of how to scrummage, it, it's impossible to learn that without playing matches. And for me, that's one of the issues that we have with the academy system. I'd still like to see the players play more rugby. I mean, obviously, you need to get them bigger, stronger, and have to be able to take what's going to come down the track when they're going to play at a, at a higher level. But actually, the idea of playing and knowing that you play against a gnarly guy who's 32 or three years of age, uh, who knows every trick in the book, and you're 18 or 19, and you have to learn them. You know, and if you don't, you know, you, it's, it's the best education that you can actually have. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those young players, like they, I mean, they have their, these development programs and they're, they're great development programs, all mapped out by, by their academy coaches and everything. But that really needs to be supported by meaningful rugby game time. You know, ultimately, you know, it's, it's great developing a guy, but, you know, there's no substitute for experience. And, and that, that is what the All-Ireland League can give you. You, you know, you've got these young lads going up against men who, as you say, have been around the block and, and you know, I, as I say, know every trick in the book and that. So it, it's, it's a really part, important part of their development. And, you know, like, it, it does work. Like, you've got like Roman Keller, who's now, you know, you know, pulling up trees and, and whatever. A little over a year ago, he was playing All-Ireland League rugby. So, you know, so... You know, particularly, I think, particularly for front row forwards as well, it, it, it's, it's, it makes a huge amount of sense for these guys to be sort of, you know, train, training or, or learn, learning their, their craft, if you like. And so I, think, I don't know. Sorry, uh, I, don't, I don't know enough about the, the Keller situation. How did that come about and why does that not happen more? Why does everybody not get a set amount of game time in the IAL? Um, look, the, the, ultimately, I, you know, the, this is for the, 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 the pro guys to really you know, explain to you, but like ultimately they, you know, their priority, Leo Cullen's priority as a Leinster coach is his next Pro 14 game or preparing for the next Heineken Champions Cup game. The, the All-Ireland League, as much as he, like he is quite supportive of it, but it, it's not, it's not what he gets paid to do. Okay, so like he has to prepare his team and, you know, Leinster in particular would have a huge amount of international call-ups. So what you know, if you look at the amount of players that Leinster have given debuts to, which is all brilliant, right, and that is you know is fantastic. They 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 bring through the young players quite quickly, and 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 it's really good to see. What really would annoy a lot of the clubs and things is where you've got a young lad who's maybe been twenty-fourth man for the last three Pro Fourteen games because you know they they need the cover there. That's that's what they need, and as a result. That guy hasn't put on a, you know, hasn't been on a rugby pitch in 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 four or five weeks, um, you know, which is, as I say, you know, that's you know, that's the kind of thing that you want to avoid, and and it, you know, I think part of the part of the discussions that I've been involved with 
um, you know, have been, you know, they've been very positive. Uh, Carly McEntee from the IRFU has been, you know, basically trying to, to come at it a, a, a little bit differently from his predecessors and, and, and really, you know, is, is a big follower of the club game and a big believer in the club game. And, and, and he's, he's trying to, to get everyone to kind of, you know, get a bit of compromise going um, so that both the club game and the professional game can benefit from a lot of these younger players getting more, more game time uh, in the AAL. And, you know, and the AL will will improve and will be a better product as a result. It'll be more attractive for people to come and watch and that. So, the, the, you know, there's been some very positive discussions there. But you know, sorry, Keith. You're... Yeah, no, there's 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 a structural component to, to this, Stephen. So, um, if it's considered that the IRFU um, need the club game, they then need to tidy up the structure of it because it went to a stage at one about 10 or 12 years ago where it was the All-Ireland League all over the whole country for virtually every club that had played rugby. That's not good enough. That's just spreading that senior capacity across the line. Whereas you do need to have it some way heightened up into, uh, into the higher levels to try and have a standard that actually fits where you get more player into those, into those ones. And then you have proper um, uh, provincial club competitions underneath that. So there needs to be something consistent that works. It doesn't have to be 10 months of the year. It just needs to be something that's very consistent. But it also fills a hole that doesn't happen. So when you stream a huge amount of kids uh, into, um, into academies, everybody else is left behind. You do need to make certain that they have a route through as well. And, um, and guys mature at different stages and we know it and Johnny you know that uh, an awful lot and I think we need to to talk a little bit about the the, the schools game as well but um, because uh, we can see within the Leinster system we are just churning out players of quality um, uh, huge numbers every year and actually they're beginning to spread all over the world now at the present moment in time um, what is Leinster doing so right or what are the Leinster schools doing so right at the present moment in time? Well I think in, in that regard there's a lot of um, there's a huge amount of work that goes on behind the scenes from a Leinster perspective particularly in this area from 16s up so um, they have summer programs but they have programs that run all year long that are different to when when I was playing and that they now have a real focus on the youths in Leinster that, um, you know, uh, Trevor Hogan is, is ahead of, of, of that. He's the talent, uh, talent identification officer. Um, Phil Lawler is the head of the domestic game in Leinster. And they have now an elite youth program that stay together and train as a squad all, year, uh, all season long. They're not, um, they're not in rugby playing schools. Uh, they also have another squad underneath that that also uh, play games throughout the season. They don't train as much as the elite guys. Um, I think they're called the YSU. Um, they so, but they're being graded each area, each area, and how you get into the the YSP. Sorry, it's YSP. How you get into the YSP is you're being looked at from under sixteen. So when you come out of third year you're being looked at but every area uh, so the north midlands um east midlands all those areas in leinster i think there's seven are looking at between i think about 80 or 90 kids in that age group they then get filtered they go into um a program where there's about 200 kids from under 16 seven, uh, and 17s and then that's developed when they're 18 and 19 into these elite squads but there's still 70 or 80 youth players being looked at consistently over the whole way but when you have you know 100 kids 150 200 kids in each area being looked at under 16 they're nearly looking at between the Shane Horgan competitions they're nearly consistently looking at I don't know, six, seven, eight hundred kids through you know each each year, and they then develop forward. But how they're developed then is that the YSP will then play all the top school side. And I think this year, um, 
I think the only team to beat the YSP, I think, was St. Michael's. And I could be correct in that. But they beat, you know, they played Black Rock. Uh, they played Michaels. They were all really, really tight games. So they're playing the elite schools level where historically when I was playing, say my school team, Newbridge College, would have played the Utes, the Leinster Utes, and it would have been a close game. But that was the overall Leinster Utes. It, so the, it's developed so much more. And they have, you know, the YDOs are going into um, youth development officers. They're now going into uh, developing schools. They're going into clubs. Every club in um, in Leinster will have a CCRO, a community club officer, a rugby development officer that will also go into three or four schools, even into primary schools, secondary schools. So they're looking at absolutely every area. And I've had conversations with a few people and they said that their job isn't done until they have maybe a professional rugby player from Tala or a professional rugby player from inner city Dublin um, or a non-playing rugby area. So that's ultimately their goal. Now each province is different in how they approach it and each province should be different because one shoe doesn't, doesn't fit all. So it's, um, you know, like Munster, I think should be more um, youth based and have, uh, you know, around the clubs because there's only a few kind of, uh, you know, there's not the, the same amount, but, you know, maybe doing um, a county rugby team similar enough to splitting them out. Leinster are doing it, splitting them into areas by each county and having a, um, you know, a, a county rugby officer that starts looking at, at kids and developing the programs through the CCR program. But again, it's very difficult to do because people are now trying to copy what Leinster are doing that doesn't fit everywhere because they don't have the same population, don't have the same but, playing numbers. But, but from that, Johnny, what, what percentage of those guys are getting through to getting lens for contracts, senior contracts? Oh, there's only a small percentage. The percentage is still the same. So this is something that's going to pay dividends um, that Leinster would hope in five, six, ten years' time, that this yeah. is a pathway that's built up within it. And I know Munster yeah. are doing something similar, albeit on a much smaller, uh, a much smaller scale with it. Um, but for me, I wanted to go back onto the schools component part of it. So um, the senior schools in Leinster have very professional uh, coaching staffs. There's a lot of money invested within that side of it. But the amount of players that are coming out of that system, are, there's huge numbers every year. Yeah, well, like our, like our I'm in Newbridge College, our, our, our programme some people won't like me saying it, but our players are essentially professional rugby players for nine months of the year built around school time. So they'll have three weight sessions. They'll be in for weights in the morning at seven o'clock uh, on a Monday morning. Um, there could be a review potentially during the day or before, or we have um, remote reviewing uh capacity and huddle um, so I can tag and tag a game and send clips to individual players. Uh, we'll train on a Monday afternoon. Um, Monday morning then uh, Tuesday morning they'll have weights again we could have another review during the day uh, we'll be back on the pitch Wednesday they'll be off um, uh, Thursday then we'll play uh, we'll wait again more um, rugby team run play for, uh, play Saturday um, and that's essentially it's built around like we've a physio that's um, He's not full-time, but uh, he's a past pupil, but they can call at any stage. We have a strength and conditioner, a full-time strength and conditioner that looks after the whole school. Um, and he does hockey as well. Um, we have, I suppose I'd be classed as a full-time uh, um, uh, employee from, from a rugby perspective. Um, and then, you know, I have a forwards coach, a defence coach, um, you know, the juniors the same. The juniors have an attack uh, defence coach. Um, and each each year has individual coaches, head coaches, assistants through the whole way. Like we have our uh, current second years, there's four co five coaches, uh, two exter three external out of the five, uh, two externals in first year with three, uh, three or four members of, of staff. Uh, TY is all external, uh, two external coaches at TY. The SET is, there's only one member of staff and the others are all external uh, coaches. So that's the level and the, you're essentially running a professional program 
within a school and there's a pathway for six years. Within that system, are many of those volunteer? Are they all? Oh no, they all. Uh, yeah, there's a. You, you, uh, all are all are being paid. If you're a staff member, then there's obviously a small uh, uh, bursary on top that you can you can get. But um, there's a pro rata for e each session, uh, and then there'd be one or two that would be above that that would be essentially full time. It's. I mean, it's an extraordinary system. It's. It, and like, we're not. We're, we're. We're not. Like, we have to. Like, we don't have a full time director of rugby. Uh, there's four or five of those in in other in in other in other schools. We are moving to that, but it's going to take a a, a a length of you know a period of time. Um, but yeah, like, we're we're not. We are not where we should be, and we've done reviews during COVID to show that, and we're we're still not where we need to be if we want to repeat what we did this year and continue that way. So, yeah, that's we're, we'd be classed as probably a development professional, uh, a development program in the sense that we're trying to develop to reach where Michael's Blackrock, Gonzaga to a certain extent, uh, Marys have a full time DOR um and you know to, to really try and push to push where they are you know and does the school finance the whole thing independently or do leinster or the irfu pay anything along the way oh, it's uh, it's independent uh there's some stuff fundraisers in terms of past pupils and uh, uh that would be um involved but uh, it's part of um uh, the school that that, that pay for that it's handy for leinster to have uh, such academy system handing them players at 17 and 18 yeah they, they they do help like you can get as much help as you want but it's not you know they they don't like so i'd have we've run testing days where lencer have come in and and seen where we are where we're at they have our data compared to other uh, schools that they were allowed into um they'll drop in in terms of your medical protocols you know anything that you want from a lenser perspective is there but they don't have any direct funding it's it's support um and i and i actually think that that's something that could be really helpful in the pro in the in the uh, club game as well is that provincial support being sent uh, being uh, being released to the clubs as well but again it's manpower to an extent Stephen, right then you don't have any age, you don't have teams kind of in the age group for players who would be playing in schools. Is that is that true about most rugby clubs? I, that, it, it, traditionally, that was always the case with, with, with Leinster clubs. Now, it's, it's changed a fair bit uh, in the last while. You've seen a lot of Dublin clubs are, are sort of trying to expand their youth sections. But they're... they're if you're in an SCT squad and you, you, you may not be playing first rugby, you could, well, never, never pull on a, a, a jersey for the first team in school, you're, but you're, you're named in that SCT squad, then you are, you're, you're not allowed to play with your club. You're not allowed to play club rugby for that, that period of time, which can be a frustration for, for, for a lot of guys. And it's certainly a frustration for you know, some of the clubs where you, you've done a job in sort of bringing these guys up from under eights through to you know probably under 13s or so and then they go missing for three or four years and probably that connection that they have with the club is you know i wouldn't say broken but it, it, it certainly weakened considerably um so you know, there's less when these guys come out of school then they feel you know less part of the club you know so that, like that like that's just you know that's an off an offshoot of, of this kind of very sophisticated school system that that you know Leinster clubs have. There is a, a school's youth uh, designated uh, time frame, but that's generally in TY where you can play a, a school's youth side. But as Rue said, for instance, I have I had uh, two T three TYs in my um, squad in my training squad. Now I think one was a starter, um, but the other two probably accumulated a small amount of game time and only in, in friendlies, but would have been with us for three months of the year. He wasn't allowed to play for his club. Um, regardless of whether I wanted him to or not, he's just not allowed. And if he did play, and then there'd be repercussions from a, obviously rules and regulations standpoint. But in my 
my opinion, he should be allowed play. I think it should be they could would be able to. Now it's an administration issue too. To be fair, um, that you know if he wasn't involved in my twenty three, that he was allowed play. Uh, schools youth Saturday or so one and it was Saturday or Sunday, he should be allowed to play on a on a Sunday with his club if he wanted to. But it there is a, a huge amount of administration because every rugby playing school has to send in those every week then, you know. And there is that sort of situation goes on in Munster. It is actually one of the I would say fallout elements from uh, the game going professional as well. There was a bit of a change in terms of different elements with that. I love the association with the club, although I didn't start with Gary Owen until I left St. Munchens and they then became my club going, going forward afterwards. Um, but maybe there could be uh, a sort of end of season competition or a sevens competition or something that keeps the link. So the idea of building up a guy from five or six years of age to going to school at, at 12 or 13 and then not seeing him for four or five years, there's something inherently wrong in that. But more so, more so than that, actually, the big issue is we should never say no to a kid playing rugby. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. If, a, if, a, if a kid is in a squad and he can't, get, he can't get into the team, but he's a good player, and some of these teams have got 25 good players, 30 good players, so he could be very, very good. There has to be a route. There has to be not just one rule that covers everything. You should never say no to a kid going to play rugby at any stage. And uh, at times we've had issues with that in Munster in, in, in a big way. So guys are trying to leave clubs because they don't have a team at under 15 or under 16 and they'd like to go and play there, but they often don't get allowed to go and play. You can't move clubs you know, up until you're 18, you can go on loan. So there's issues with all of that side of it as well. So I, I do think that, again, a lot of that comes from uh, leadership, a lot of that comes from the IRFU to, uh, directing what it actually wants to be to be um, to be done. And a lot of cases, um, especially for the club game, it's been left on its own. It hasn't become something that's been central. And in terms of the schools, if the schools keep churning out the players at the amount that they're doing, you know, and the schools and the schools' parents are paying for it, they don't really need to worry about that either. They don't want to kind of uh, mess with too much there because an awful lot of quality is coming through the school system. I think the other byproduct of, of of the school system, and, and sorry, it's a good problem to have, is but you, you have a lot of a lot of kids coming out of school who are very good rugby players. You know, particularly you know, we spoke about the, the Leinster clubs and that, or Leinster schools. Um, and the, but as Johnny says, the reality is only a very small percentage of these guys will make it through into into the academies uh, and hopefully on to professional careers after that. Now, you know, there's probably you know quite a, a significant percentage that ultimately could be good enough to play, you know, to, to play higher at a, at a higher level. But for whatever reason, they, they don't get the, the letter from the Leinster Academy getting them in. So all of a sudden, sudden their, their hopes are dashed and they just turn away from rugby completely. And that's where the clubs can really sort of step in and help these guys and, and, and get them back, you know, back on a route. And, you know, like certainly, you know, lands down amongst lots of other clubs have seen, you know, guys take, a more indirect route towards professional rugby because I mean, I mean, ultimately, I would imagine the IRFU want as big a base of players to pick the national teams from as they can. So if you've got young, you know, young guys with potential giving up because you know the you know the the Leinster kind of door has been shut on them or or whatever, then you know that that's that's not going to serve the game very well going forward either. So you know it, it's. You know, I, I think it, it's an issue. It's another reason why, you know, the club rugby needs to be there and, and you know, to help these guys, you know. Rue, would you see a national under-21s competition, club competition, would you see that as being a stepping stone either to reignite your love of the game and maybe a copper fasten in association with the club? Or it might give you the, you know, the extra little bit of rugby that you could play after school, something to aim for. Well, you've got the Fraser McMullen Cup, which is under twenties. Um, now you have to, you know, you have to qualify for that. You have to kind of come through your your provincial league and qualify through it. I, I don't Ulster don't participate in it. 
uh, Connacht are, are part of the the Leinster under twenty setup. So you know, they, they, to be honest, they, they it, it's usually dominated by probably three or four teams in in, in Leinster. Um, you know, I, I think the reality is that the All Ireland League, the the age profile in the All Ireland League is very young. So it, it's come down hugely since you or I ever uh, you know were, were playing. Um, so you know, a lot of the guys that are playing are sort of you know, anywhere between 19 and 23, 24. The guys, you know, the 30-year-olds the, the playing are, are less and less. And I think, you know, that's probably, you know, I, I don't think that's peculiar to Ireland alone. I think that's just the nature of the sport and, and natures of economies and things like that. But, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think the, 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 to separate the under-21s from, from the AAL, you know, possibly, you know, it, there's, there's merit in having the competition, but I, I, you know, I think you, if you if you focus this and channel these young players through into the All Ireland League itself, you, you'll be achieving that. You know, but to have for the guys that don't quite quite make it there, I think the under twenties competitions are brilliant because it, it takes guys a while to develop and to find their feet. You know, in school, the school system is you know very professional. Everything's laid laid out to the players on a plate like that. You know, they they you know they don't even really have to think about it almost. It, it's all there. Whereas school, at clubs level, you know, all of a sudden you become an adult, you, you've got to do a bit of growing up. You, you've got to take on a bit more responsibility yourself. Sometimes it takes guys, you know, a, a, you know, a bit of time to kind of to manage that. And I think that is something that the actual clubs themselves can manage is that, you know, have an emphasis on under 20s and make it clear that they're, uh, protocols are that if you're not picked for the AIL side then you play with your peer group for two years which is under 20s and it affords you to grow a bit more playing a really good standard like I, uh, I think the Premier 20s in Leinster certainly um, you know they would have the capability of competing probably at Division 2A um, in terms of AIL standard, I think the physicality would probably get the better of them over a, a, a period of se- a period of the season. But I do think it's important for a guy who still has a bit of development to go that knows that if he's not good enough to play AIL, well, that's fine. On a Sunday, I'm going to be playing with my my mates who are um, you know the same age, similar enough size, and I'm having really good crack. So it's a way of keeping that level uh that age group of guys coming forward where if he can go into j1s or even j2s he's playing against adults um and that can get a small bit fed up with that because he's essentially losing contact with his mates so i think that is something that the club themselves uh, could take responsibility for that it's you know they're they're you know their rules for the want of a better word or if you're not picked in the AL squad well away you go and you play 20s play with your mates for the weekend yeah, yeah. so sorry Premier 20s is, is obviously the the under 20s Who does every club have an, an under 20 team and they would play in the Premier 20 league is that, is uh, that no, you, no you kind of qualify and then it's ranked but yeah most teams will, will have and will try their very best and then it's it's ranked like any AIL competition or any Leinster competition so Premier Div 1 Div 2 and so on Okay, but your your junior teams would would tend to pick up players who don't make who want to play senior rugby who don't make yeah. the senior team and they tend to go to the junior team as opposed to the under twenties because you're kind of you've outgrown it in some ways. Yeah, and then you know junior clubs uh, also try and have uh, like the local you know Newbridge they have a have an under twenties Kildare in our local area have under twenties they play in a in a in a, a cup competition but also have the potential to qualify into the main twenties league. Um, so it is there is like there is opportunity for 18, 19, 20 year olds to play together for two years um, at their level. Um, it's just to yeah. make sure that the clubs are are allowing them to do that and not necessarily playing against J1s or J2s who are who are adults. Uh, Steve, again, pardon my ignorance here. Um, are there players who are semi-professional playing in the IAL? And how many semi-professionals would there be? How do, how do they get financed? So the, the league itself is an amateur league. Okay, so the, on, the only guys that, that are officially getting paid are, you know, are the guys who are with the, the different academies or who are 
you know, they, they, they're development players or, or, or you know, young, young, young guys in, 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 in the provinces who, for one reason or another, aren't getting games or maybe coming back from injury. So then you, you've, got, you've, you've also then got a mix of kind of guys who've hung up their boots professionally and are back and maybe they've kind of realigned with their club and they're trying to kickstart their career. Yeah, so, for example, Mark Flanagan uh, joined us last season having played in, in the UK and then having played with Leinster and Munster in, in Ireland and that, and he's come back and, and he, he, he's an engineer now. So, you know, there's, so there's a, you know, it's a good mix uh, of, of, of talent, but like the, the, like the league itself, the, 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 the RFU are very strict on it. it it's, 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 you know, strictly speaking, is an amateur league. You know, whether, whether you know, everybody adheres to that or not, that, they, that that's, an, that's a whole other debate. But, um, okay. You know. so one, one, of the, one of the parts on that that um, uh, I, I would have always said was a joy as, as a young guy. So it's a long time since, since I, I played All-Ireland League. And I started when I was 19 playing All-Ireland League. And, um, but if you looked around the room, you had bankers, you had builders, you had accountants, you had students, you had engineers, you had people in every walk of life. And... Um, uh, it was one of the great things you say about Limerick that it was everybody played. It was a game for everybody. It wasn't elitist at all. And what was what was a joy within that changing room was that you had different perspectives. I mean, it was just it was about independent thought. Everybody viewed it differently. So one of the issues when you go into um, I'm going to say uh, a, a Leinster school that is at that level of organisation that this is how things are done, which is which is brilliant for enhancing an athlete and bringing an athlete to a higher level, is that it's, if you bypass the club side, you bypass different opinions. You bypass different ways of doing things. You, uh, this is a regimented view of doing it. Um, we do want independent thinkers in it as much as possible. And actually that's where a lot of kids fall by the wayside leaving, leaving school. Everything isn't laid on for them. Um, and some don't like that and actually but some thrive in it and some suddenly uh, have an awful lot more to offer when they come out at the end of it it's something that the clubs actually do give do give a lot um just but like we're, we're getting close towards the end of this uh, how has the lockdown how has that affected both the school and the club if we if we go club first uh, Stephen, how like how how much pressure are you under it, I think it's put a huge financial strain on, on, on clubs all around the country. So it like, you know, essentially since March, you know, when all rugby activities ceased and whatever, uh, all your, all your revenue and your, your streams of revenue, whether they be, you know, match gates or whether they be bar revenue or whether they be events that you run in the clubhouse and whatever, that's all just completely gone. Um, and you know, like it, it's a rugby club. It's 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 not a, it's not a business that you know puts money aside, whatever. So you know, they're they're you know pr clubs probably have a, a little bit of short term finance that they could they could they can, you know, they can get them through. And you've seen a lot of I think there's a lot of GoFundMe pages up with different various different clubs, reaching out to their members and their diaspora or whatever to, to try and, and and get them through what, what's what's a difficult financial time. Um, but you know, I, I think to be honest, I think. The whole COVID thing brings a lot of opportunity because, like you know, amateur club rugby is is, is obviously sort of suffering, but professional rugby has come to a standstill as well. There's a huge question mark over what games can be played and what competitions can be run. So you know, is the Celtic Cup going to happen this year? If the Celtic Cup doesn't happen, I think it's a great opportunity for the clubs and 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 the professional setups to maybe forge a kind of closer and stronger relationship. And these guys who, who need rugby, these young players who would norm, normally play in the Celtic Cup, and that, that's, you know, at least eight games of their season, you know, that would provide them with some meaningful sort of proper rugby, um, you know, in order to hone their skills and, and, and help prep them for, for whatever lies ahead of them. So, you know, the, the, you know I, I always try and look at the opportunities and things, and I think that there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I say all it needs, and it, like, it'll, like, that's something you can do without any added expense. You know, I, I don't know what it costs to field a Celtic Cup set of team or, or, or a match or whatever, but I know that the infrastructure with the All-Ireland is already there, so that the cost is barely zero, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I think that's, for me, you know, that I, I, 
if 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 you know if that was if if that comes to 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 to, to pan out or whatever that that some of these pro competitions are as I say getting cancelled or, or whatever and, and pro rugby players need rugby then the clubs can step in and provide that and and you know I think as Johnny spoke about maybe there's an opportunity then for the you know the the professional coaches to come in and liaise with the clubs and you know show well this is you know this is how we'd approach doing this or or, or whatever and, and just bring their knowledge to bear and and, and pass it down to to the clubs I mean that there are a lot the coaches have a lot of or the clubs have a lot of good coaches as it is but everyone can learn more everyone can learn how, how you know how to do things better so sorry I'm, I'm, I'm rattling on a bit but you know that's uh you know it, it's it's a difficult time though like I mean and like and everyone like nobody's sort of avoiding like everybody's health is absolutely paramount so like clubs won't be going back until it's absolutely safe for everybody to do that you know but we want to make sure that there are clubs to go back to you know, and and you know, like I, I know the, the the professional game has taken huge hits on that, but yeah, there, I I would imagine there'd be some clubs around the country that simply just won't survive this, or you know, if if they do, it'll be because there's been a huge amount of work from their members and that. So you know, it's 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 difficult. Uh, from a school perspective, um, it's it remains to be seen um, based on uh, obviously uh, fees and and probably how uh, how the whole thing is going to affect the whole the economy as a whole. Really, um, I suppose one of the added extras and and a lot of um, uh, why parents choose uh, private schools is the extracurricular activities that 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 can be afforded to. Uh, for, for their kids and and the the varying options that they have, so um, you know I think it's important that that it does go forward uh, for us at the moment. We are uh, planning. I've been in constant contact with next year's group. Um, they're on a break now, and and they'll start again, um, probably remotely on their own um, in in July, and we'll plan from them. But we're in a bit of a holding pattern. But as is for us, I think. Um, I think overall the private school, um, uh, the private school uh, sector is probably just going to have to wait and see how how it is really affected in terms of uh, school in terms of numbers. Um, and I suppose they, the principals that have been through the previous recession um, a couple of years ago, probably have an idea of of where um, where things you know have to get probably have to get managed and and that but from from our our, our side um it's we're, we're trying to continue on as normal and and trying to keep the lads active i think following on from what rue said in terms of the, the 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 club stuff um it's really important that the club is full, ultimately it's a community asset and i think that it is um that it is supported and I think clubs, if they have walkways and they have uh, different things, you know, the, the the opportunity to open the facilities up um, in the for the lo- you know for the local people can also bring in new members. Um, obviously, all done in a in a really safe way and under government guidelines. But the opportunity for um, the clubs of all sports to show off what facilities they have and that to show that they really are there for the community and without the community they won't be there anymore. So I think um, it is really important that that when they can and when it's safe, that every club tries to show off the facilities that they have and, and try and um, get the community out and active. And I think that's one of the big things, the amount of activity that has happened and people are way more active. Hopefully mm. this will, and I suppose the weather plays a huge amount in that, but hopefully this will be a kind of a catalyst for people that haven't tried sports to try them, to pick them up. Um, all sports and, and I think that hopefully that can be a positive out of it that, that our society as a whole is going to be more active and uh, you know you see Australia how, how active they are but also you know their volunteerism doesn't drop and people are engaged at clubs and, and they drive things forward in their community so hopefully we can follow suit there Yeah I think that's a huge thing um, Keith I'll give the last word to you on this how hopeful are you that the right blend of relationship between the uh, elite amateur game, the amateur game, and the professional game can be found. 
Um, I don't think it's been found in the last 10 years, actually. I think some parts of it have, have gone well. I think we are getting a lot of players through different systems, but not through all systems. Um, I think if you were to look at, at rugby traditionally, it was built on clubs, um, schools, and uh, the international team. And so for that, you could put in the professional game for it is now, but it still needs to be clubs, schools, and professional rugby. And at the present moment in time, the clubs are not getting enough, enough love. Um, there isn't enough structure for them to be able to uh, build on top of it. I think it's a very difficult time at the present moment in time. I, I, I do take Stephen's uh, point of view that if certain things are changed um, because of competitions that can't be played, can the clubs fill that hole? And if they fill that hole, why wouldn't they be filling that all the time going forward? So I think there is a route for it, but it requires people to get around the table to make that route work and happen. Um, in terms of the schools, uh, what Leinster are doing is truly extraordinary. Um, uh, I didn't want to ask on air exactly what you think your, your budget would be for your school programme, because I think that would be a bit harsh. But I'd love to have that discussion again, because I know that in lots of schools, in St. Munchens, my own school, for example, which is a not, not a fee-paying school, they don't pay their coaches at all, actually. So there isn't a professional programme that's set in there. They still do pretty well. Um, um, they have a couple of junior cups over the last few years and uh, and they're they're very keen on not paying them. They actually love the idea of this being a volunteer and of a teacher-driven system. Um, but that's a particular system as well. And who's to say that's right, wrong or indifferent or that Johnny's is. But um, there does need to be more done to try and help all the schools in the different areas that are not done on a fee-paying model to be able to promote uh, higher standards within those schools and support would have to come from the RFU for that. So um, we had Philip Brown on last week and Philip Brown is talking, saying, well, without the professional game, we don't have anything to do with the amateur game. We're struggling very, very heavily. So I think it's a difficult number of years ahead of us. But the only way ever, ever through any of that level of, of difficulty is talk, is conversation. Get around the table and see what can actually happen. And... Um, you're going to lose something. I mean, they say the art of compromise is that absolutely nobody is happy. Um, the clubs will lose something. The schools might lose something. The IRFU might lose something. None of them might be happy with it, but it may be a workable system going forward. Right. On that note, our guest this week, Stephen Rooney and Johnny Murphy, another Keith Woods State of the Union is in the books. Hopefully it has provoked some conversation anyway. We'll see you next week. Thanks a million. Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. Team of us, everyone in. OTB AM. This is OTB Sports Radio. That was an OTB Podcast Network presentation. 